podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I think if there was every year to say, I'm going to bench boost in one and wildcard in two, this would maybe be it. Hello everybody, welcome to Planet FPL, the world where everything revolves around fantasy Premier League. My name is Sush. And my name is James. It's a Monday, James. Um, did you miss me? Did you uh, miss me? I've got to say yes, haven't I? You're my boss. <laughs> <laughs> Busy did you miss week? me? I did. Uh, well, it's kind of, um, when, when you end up listening to all the pods anyway, um, not so much, I would say. To be honest with you, <laughs> I, I so love much. it. Literally, Sid will be here all the time, and he won't listen to any of the content yeah, recorded I'll, I'll by never, anyone else. But you go on holiday, you listen to everything. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I listen to, 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 to the vast majority of it all. Um, yeah, and again, thank you to all the guests last week. It was uh, it was good to have alternative voices filling in. Um, yeah, it was it was a, a good week of content. We are now three weeks away from the season starting, James. No, we'll be ranked about six million by then, mate, after our game week one cups. <laughs> I should imagine. <laughs> we are, what are we? Uh, 18 days away, I think, mm. from the big kickoff. So, soon coming around, obviously, big week for us next week with correspondent week. Uh, today, we're going to do, as we regularly do in pre season, uh, a little bit of chip talk. I suggest that there'll be more important chip strategy podcasts later in the season. But I think the, the idea behind this podcast is it's a good reference point for people who have that moment who in game week eight go i want a bench boost and and game week eight is an extremely bad example um but we want to talk about chip usage have an open conversation a few little tips for what we can expect during the course of this season which isn't as complicated as it stands as it has been in as it has been in in previous seasons how do you feel about chips in the first instance do you wish to change anything or it's a regular question i get no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't get my um, kicks from FPL from the complexity of it or making it more niche um, for the engaged players. You know, like I, I do look at uh, what Fantasy Scotland has or Gaffer or whatever with all these other interesting chips. And I do think it adds something to the game, but it adds a layer of complexity to the game as well. And I think you lose players throughout the season anyway, as interest wanes. I think you'd lose players more if there were more chips and people are, oh, I screwed up this. I'm not going to bother playing anymore now, for example. Uh, and maybe a bad example or even a good example might be that situation that you referenced um, on the, it was a Patreon pod last week. You talked about triple captaincy, for example, when you had it on Sadio Mane. Like, I think the situation with Sadio Mane, where he went off injured, uh, for people that won't remember, or or anybody that, that goes off injured in the first part of a double when you triple captain them, for a lot of casual managers, is enough to make them think, sod it, I'm not going to play anymore. And if you have more chips, you've got more risk of someone screwing up chip usage and then saying, I don't want to play anymore, or really messing up their rank. So I think, keep it simple. I, I I'm not for overly complicating it so i'm not i'm not um i'm not uh upset that they haven't changed it or or added anything new to be honest with you what about you 
Uh, I'm never bothered about it in the sense, my opinion is always, look, let's see what they do with the game and just crack on with the game. I, I don't have any, I'd rather do this. So one of the things I often say to people is that, we, you know, us that's really engaged in the game, um, we're not the target audience. So simplicity about the game, I think is particularly important. We know that there's players who won't perhaps be taking on content or go triple captain game week one, bench boost game week two, free hit game week three, wild card game week four, and that'll be the end of it. And they'll be gone for the season and won't even use their second wild card. Um, but for most people, that's obviously probably not the the right strategy to you'll get probably get your good start in the season, but over the course of the season, you, you're going to want to hold some of that back for sure. So yeah, no, I'm, 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 ne- I'm never fussed about the chips. So in terms of, I want this or I don't want that. I did have an, an inkling. And I said this last year that they might go down the limitless route, which is mm. a, a chip in UCL fantasy, which is like the free hit chip, but yep. there's no budget restriction, but they've decided not to do that. Yeah. And the other thing that's um, more relevant in the last few seasons uh, than previously when we've had so many blanks and doubles is the way that engaged managers like us focus so much around planning chip usage and then doubling up chips together, for example, wildcarding before you bench boost and things like that, that it affects other game weeks around it a little bit too much sometimes. I wouldn't say always, but we can get so sucked into planning for chip usage that you you, you can't see the wood for the trees sometimes and you end up screwing yourself over just to get the chip usage right but you might delay jumping on another player who has good fixtures and is doing well just because he might not have a double and stupid things like that so sometimes they can become uh too important in people's minds as well chips so you, you need to always remember like your weekly team needs to be good as well not just your bench boost team or not just your free hit team yeah and if you think about it back in the last season there was kind of the two strategies wasn't there there was yep. that sort of bench boost i think it was game week 29 sort of wild card around 26 27 yep. those of us who did 26 or wish we'd waited an extra week yeah um or it was people like you who were doing it a, a little bit later to come back around sort of wild cards sort of 33 or so and then going into that home straight we no matter what it was we all ended up on similar teams anyway mm. um with the teams that had the doubles Yep. essentially. And uh, it, it's interesting because if you reflect on game week 37 last year, which obviously in the end only had four teams doubling, um, those four teams also didn't have a lot to play for, right? So the rotation was murder, wasn't it? Mm. And as it stands, it could be that game week 37 would probably be the biggest double this season. And it could be murder again, particularly if teams have wrapped up ahead of the European Championships next summer as well. It might be you're planning for a bench boost and you're looking at teams going, I ain't got a clue who's going to play twice here. Um, I want to cover off uh, to start with such blanks and doubles and and give you an over, overview of just the layout of the season, if you will. Cause, so because I kind of I, I kind of uh, tuned out a little bit. I knew that I knew the uh, Luton game was obviously postponed because of the stadium. Um, but I, I wasn't sure what had happened with any of the other rearrangements or any other postponements or anything like that, if anything else had been announced yet. No. So I'll, I'll come on to more detail of those two specific fixtures that have been postponed and what I think may happen with them. So as it stands, we're going to have five blanks this season. So those are game week two. We've obviously got the Luton Burnley game postponed. Game week 18, Manchester City Brentford game. Game week 26 is the Carabao Cup final. Uh, game with 29 will be the biggest blank, almost certainly, which is the FA Cup court final weekend, last one before the March internationals. 
and game week 34 is the FA Cup semi-finals. Now, in terms of doubles this year, now we may get kind of odds and sods in terms of like, you know, in theory, Luton and Burnley could go anywhere, for example, and you've got a double game week for those two teams. Um, but there are two main weeks open for rearrangement of fixtures. And those are the midweeks after game week 34 and the midweek after game week 37. There is a period in January where I think fixtures can potentially go in as well. There's a there's a kind of a free midweek between the New Year's Day weekend fixtures and then the FA Cup third round starting. And the following midweeks also the Carabao Cup semi-final first leg. I'll come back on to why that's important in a little bit. That relates to game week 20 specifically. But obviously, one of those blanks is 34 and one of those potential doubles is 34. So, so in theory, one of the questions we get is, so if if games are postponed for the FA Cup zone finals in game week 34, could they just stay in the same week? Yes. So game week 34 that's earmarked for rearranged fixtures could literally just be all the fixtures postponed at the weekend get moved to the midweek and it just becomes near enough a normal game week. Now, we don't think that would happen. On my projections currently, I've probably got five teams with double in game week 34 and probably one team blank. You're likely to get a combination where a couple of teams will blank and a few more teams will double is probably the more likely scenario. Um, it could be that all the game week 29 postponements for the FA Cup court final don't move all the way into game week 37. That becomes a big double. And as I said, 34 stays as nearly a normal week. The reason I think that probably won't happen is the Carabao Cup final postponements as well will we'll have to go somewhere. Um, but if they feature teams that are in the Champions League, say like a Manchester City, for example, obviously the last 16 in the Champions League is staggered, isn't it? Over a four-week period where there's a couple of weeks where they can have fixtures get rearranged into that period. So as it stands, 37 is likely to be the biggest double of the season. And I think that's a bit off-putting. I've got it projected probably eight teams to double in yeah. that week as it stands. I think that could easily become more, sort of 10 or 12, for example. Um, but it's unpredictable in terms of just how many fixtures. For example, we could have, say, six midweek fixtures in game week 34, but it might not be as big a double game week as 37 because many of those teams will play in the midweek will have had their game postponed at the weekend. The weekend. Does that make sense? sense? Yeah, 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 makes sense. Correct. So I think that's an awareness already where for those who are very critical of bench boost and trying to use it in the biggest double, again, reflecting on game week 37 last year and what it may look like this year, it's quite late. It's also very late for a second wild card if you're intending to set up directly before it. If you've got a wild card in what, 35 or 36 to set up for the bench boost in 37, not great. And then if 34 does become almost like a single game week, bit screwed, don't you? Well, then where do you use your bench of, boost? Well, yeah. So one thing I think that does do in, in terms of the bench boost is, is open up possibilities for alternatives. I'm a stickler for always saying I'd want to use it in a double. But exactly like what you said, Suj, if it becomes like an obsession of, oh, I use the bench boost in 37 because that's the biggest double and we're going to have like rotation city in game week 37, which we'll never know till we get there, right? Then there is scope, I think, for people using it at different stages of, of the season. What's your thoughts on bench boost, Suj? Um, do you mean specifically for this season or just as, as a general? Uh, yeah, both. Um, the, the, when you describe it to me as the biggest guaranteed double 
would be 37. My instinct was to just triple captain in that week um, and, and hope that there's a couple of teams with good players that maybe have something to play for. If Spurs are still in the hunt for Europe or top four um, or the title race is still going on and maybe even look defensively around then um, at a Trent or, or something like that. So being that it's that late 37, I feel much more comfortable triple captaining then and finding an alternative week for bench boost. Remember this this season, just gone, I bench boosted with single game week players on my bench, right? And yes, like one of them was Kane, for example, but they were still all single game week players. Ben White scored for you, Jam. <laughs> jam indeed. Um, so yeah, I think um, I'm comfortable bench boosting with single game week players. Um, but then I would add the asterisk there that... Um, the rest of my starting eleven all had doubles, so I would. I don't know how I'd feel about bench boosting in a week where they were all singles. I would want to try and find a handful of doubles in there, um, but I wouldn't want to leave it as late as thirty-seven. I'd feel horrible leaving it as late as thirty-seven for bench boost, whereas I wouldn't feel as horrible leaving it that late for triple captain. Also remember, like, what do we say? Triple captain's worth an extra 10. If we've got an extra 10 points out of triple captain, you're happy. Whereas bench boost, you want kind of 16 as a minimum extra. Yeah, but then triple captain, and I get it. Like, say if Tottenham are going for top four, and if Kane's still playing for Tottenham, then you're looking at Kane and going, he's going to play twice. That's that's pretty yeah, decent yeah. for a triple captain. Even so, if you're not going for top um, four, he's probably going to play twice if he's still but, the but Spurs, then you it, know? It, it's also worth saying, in terms of bench boosting quite often this should be cheapest players in our team, right? Now, last year, we obviously had the likes of Brighton and Newcastle, for example, and, and to a slightly lesser extent, even Arsenal, provide really cheap players who, yeah. because of their performances of those three clubs during the season, should have been more expensive. And they all had periods where they would, where were the doubles towards the end of the season. But primarily on a bench boost, it's issue enablers, right? So it's more about their fixtures right at the end. Now, if you've got something like, Manchester United, Chelsea, Brighton, and Manchester City, as we had last year, then you're pretty damn towards the end. Now, it won't. I'm pretty sure it won't just be two fixtures at the end. What happened last year was obviously the FA Cup fifth round was a bit of carnage. Um, and because of the backlog of Brighton and Manchester United's fixtures, some of the games that would normally have been played a little bit later had to be played a little bit earlier. So all you needed someone to do quite well who hasn't got that commitment and clashes it didn't help with Brighton that their commitments with City and United were against two teams that were still in Europe in terms of games that were postponed so as I said I probably would estimate sort of eight teams to double in game week 37 currently and from that you just need a couple of enablers but like I said in terms to set up for it when's your wild card I hate oh, that that whole yeah, kind of yeah. wild card of like all oh, game week thirty to set up set up for a bench boost thirty seven because your impact on that is so big. Let's just say hypothetically Everton have got a double in thirty seven, um, and if they did, by the way, it'd probably be quite good. But that's the sort of one, yeah, you could maybe set up for it and go, okay, I'll have Pickford as my reserve goalie, Tarkovsky as my reserve defender, and perhaps an an offensive enabler will develop from Everton. You go, oh, I can bench that for quite a lot of the season then. Bench yeah. boost at the end. You might sound the the Everton example might sound silly. You mentioned triple captain in that game week. A number of people two seasons ago triple captain for Charleston in game week thirty seven yeah. because Everton had those two home fixtures with Brentford and Crystal Palace and were obviously fighting for survival. As it turned out, Richarlison performed quite well in that weather. He scored three times, I think, and, and yeah, did, he did he did n- nearly everybody <laughs> was triple captain that season. Tended to do quite well, didn't they? 
Um, I want to come back to Bench Boost a little later on, so we've got a few questions about potentially using it later on. Um, I'd like to touch on the two postponements, Luton Burnley and Manchester City Brentford. So Luton Burnley has been postponed in game week two um, because uh, unfortunately Luton couldn't guarantee that the works on the new stand they're building would be completed in time for game week two. Um, the game hasn't been switched because I think two reasons. One, Blackburner at home might have a little bit of an impact. Blackburn and Burnley don't like each other. And two, it would give Burnley four consecutive home games at the start of the season. And I think the Premier League always reluctant to schedule sort of three in a row. Four in a row, they're really reluctant to start the season like that. And you can make the case that make the case that it becomes a disadvantage later on in the season, but it's potentially an advantage for Burnley if they started with the four home games. And of course, because neither side are obviously involved in Europe as new promoted teams, in theory, it can go anywhere. What broadcast selectors have um, committed to this season is six weeks' notice for television announcements for the first game of a new month. So, for example, the October television fixtures Suj, should be announced by mid-August at the latest. They've committed to five weeks uh, in 2024. Um, not including game week 37 and game week 38. Now, of course, Luton Burnley is not a broadcast selection, but on that basis, we should factor in that it, that's a hell of a journey for Burnley fans to be making on a midweek. They'll probably have to get a train to Leeds and then a train to Luton, and chances are you're not getting home unless you get a coach and you're getting back at silly hours of the morning. So I don't think it's one they're suddenly going to look at and go, oh, Luton Stadium's ready. Let's put it in the midweek of game week free, which you couldn't do anyway because it's the second round of the Carabao Cup. But I, I don't foresee that happening. So pre-first international break is almost a certainty. No, there isn't a science behind the fixture in terms of where it can go because what the Premier League don't want to do is clash with UEFA. Now, nearly every season for since COVID, in fact, I'm pretty sure every season, we've had some form of clash of Premier League games with European competition. What UEFA like to do is say, fine, put it on the Thursday and clash with the Europa League, for example. Or, yeah, you can show it, but your game's got to finish by 9.15, for example, so people can watch the end of the Champions League. Yeah. Now, Luton Burnley, in theory, in terms of eyes, is not going to be too different to a high-profile championship game, right? So they're probably not bothered. If the Premier yeah. League go to UEFA, we want to put it in game week seven hypothetically that clashed with match day two of the Champions League that may well happen but I think that the principal idea of six weeks notice at the moment should be right and that makes me think if they want to put it in a week where there's no clash with European competition the first arguably is game week 17 and for game week 17 to happen that would need both teams to go out of the Carabao Cup before round four which, as newly promoted Premier League clubs, they probably will field, we field weakened teams, and that's not impossible. And the distance between the fourth round of Carabao Cup and the quarterfinals is basically seven weeks. So it could work, and then there's no clash with UEFA at all. Interestingly, those two clubs, their reverse fixture is game week 21, which is the, the split week. Um, for the winter break. So early in January would potentially mean the two clubs playing each other twice, which we know they did with Manchester United and Leeds last year, but they did that because they felt they had to do it because of United's um, fixture backlog with the cup competitions and their involvement, obviously, in European football as well. So I wouldn't be surprised, Serge, if Luton Burnley wasn't, wasn't till that end of the season even. 
I don't think it's but, impossible that he could even be in yeah. April or May. Yeah. Um, and I don't. Well, I'm th- with I, you on that. I just think they, they they'll hedge it as this is not an uh, uh, because of the lack of European involvement. Um, and I feel like saying very disrespectfully to the clubs, but the likelihood of them getting to the semis or or finals is low. They'll probably just leave it. Yeah. I mean, it could even do it where they put it, say, on a midweek of uh, the quarterfinals of the cup and even go, well, we'll throw it on the TV on a Tuesday night or a Thursday mm-hmm. night or something. They, they might your... decide to do something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the only other thing is like leaving it really late. Like I'm talking about game week, 34 or later is sporting integrity. Like if they're both in a relegation scrap and one's got games in hand and sometimes you don't like having games in hand against each other and that kind of thing. Um, Some people might say, you know, it's better to try and keep everybody even in the number of games they've played for as long as possible, which I always prefer. I I think it's very much um, a feeling thing rather than a logical thing, but I just prefer it when everybody's played the same number of games. So that's the only thing reason why I might think they want to get it played earlier. So, yeah, I think um, the Premier League obviously want eyeballs on as many games as they possibly can, right? I think one of the biggest upsides of fantasy is that we watch games that we might not watch otherwise. Luton Burnley, I really hate saying stuff like relegation six-pointer because you feel like you're just saying to them that they're going to be stuck down the bottom. They could maybe not be. Um, But then leaving it later in the season increases the chances of that potentially being something that might be of interest to neutrals. So I I don't see the urgency in wanting to, to get it rearranged. Definitely not before Christmas. I mean, we've got a question that's come in from uh, Ian Parron on on Twitter. We're going to get into the questions, but he said, what percentage chance would you give to Luton Burnley being played before the FA Cup third round, which is the second week in January, isn't it? So, um, like 50-50, to be honest, probably. Yeah, Yeah, what was you going to say? 20-25% maybe. No, I don't think so, because I think the Premier League might deem it and go, right, we don't want these teams sitting there with a game in hand. Let's let's just get it in in sort of October or September or something like that. They absolutely could do that. Um, but I also think they could hold it back. You mentioned like integrity. I mean, not that it mattered too much, but obviously Brighton went into game week 36 with two games in hand on most teams, yeah. right? Yeah, right yeah. at the end of, of last season. And it was a very unusual circumstance for Brighton, like I said, because the rearranged games they had, like City and United were, were two of their last three, obviously had European commitments, which they were trying to avoid. So the Newcastle game, they kept holding, holding, holding. Obviously, they had to put it in game week 36 eventually. So that's obviously not a concern here with the, the Luton Burnley game. It's more a case of, are they bothered? If they're at the cup competition, Serge, and other teams are building up games in hand, once you get to sort of February or so, then I think what we'd probably have to consider is if it's not played prior to Christmas, they may well be going... Right, let's hold it towards the end. Mm. Could could well be. So I think from a principal idea though, consider probably six weeks notice or so. So from this point in time, you're looking at obviously sort of Septemberish. So I don't think it would be in well, it's obviously not going to be in game week one or game week two. That's fairly clear. Game week three is Carabao Cup second round. So it's not going to be before the September international break. I think that's okay. probably a key point. And we mention it because from a strategy perspective. You need to be conscious that those two teams blank in game week two. There are the likes of Jordan Bayer and Marvellous Nakamba who might be part of a template of budget enablers, if you will, on the bench who are likely starters for their teams. And people might be thinking, oh, well, they're going to double soon. Oh, that, that convinced me to start with them. What we're saying right now is that's 
probably less likely than more likely. And I can't see how it works in the first sort of four game weeks or so. I can't see it being before game week five at the very earliest. Okay. On City-Brentford, there's nowhere logical. That game's been postponed from game week 18. And that's because Manchester City have involvement in the, Car- um, not the Carabao Cup final. They may well Club be in World that as well. Championship <laughs> Trophy Cup. I conference. mean, to be honest, the Carabao Cup, as it's worth, as it is, is worth more than the Club World Cup, arguably. Um, although that will probably change from the year after when they have this revamped tournament. So, yeah, it's postponed from game week 18. There should be a little bit of comp- um, consciousness about Manchester City's fixture with Crystal Palace in game week 17 because the semi-final dates, as far as I'm aware, for the Club World Cup have not been confirmed as yet. And it could be that City have to play, say, Palace Saturday, uh, Club World Cup semi-final Tuesday, the Club World Cup final was the Friday. And then obviously would have been Brentford the weekend. The reason they couldn't move Brentford back then to say the Monday night is because Monday's Christmas Day. And then you've right. got the Boxing Day fixtures. There's nowhere to move it backwards. So that's why that fixture has had to be postponed. I do think there is a small, small chance that the Crystal Palace fixture could go as well. But I think it's very, very small. In terms of Wouldn't they just it's... make that the Friday night game or something? What's that? Crystal Palace? Yeah. Yeah, they could do. The only thing with that is it's Champions League the midweek before. Right, okay. So if they're on so, the Tuesday, maybe. But they might even take Saturday 12.30 and then just jet off in the afternoon I or something. I think that's the most likely scenario, yeah. I'm pretty sure UEFA will know that City are obviously in the Club World Cup. They should, in theory, in that match day six of the Champions League, which is midweek game week 16, they should, City should be given a Tuesday game rather than a, rather than a Wednesday game. And the week before, by the way, uh, before that, you've got midweek Premier League fixtures as well. So it will be quite tight and quite condensed over that period for Manchester City. In terms of where the Brentford fixture can go, um, the most logical solution would be to bring it right forward towards the start of the season. I'm pretty sure, though, it's just covered with Luton Burnley. That's not going to happen. Pretty, pretty sure. The only week it could be is game week two. That's because City play Seville in the Super Cup final uh, after game week one. And obviously, Brentford will have Carabao Cup second round after game week three, after game week four is international. So game week two would be the only logical. If it was going to be game week two, I'm fairly certain we would know about it by now. There is no other available midweeks prior to Christmas unless Manchester City and Brentford have both gone out of the Carabao Cup early. And obviously, quarterfinals is off the table because City are in the club World Cup. So I think it's almost certain that the City-Brentford fixture will be after Christmas, um, so not in the first wild card period. Now, I'd mentioned game week 20 a little earlier. So what you've got is you've got the the weekend of game week 20, um, where there's a little bit of a gap in the midweek afterwards before the FA Cup third round starts, where a fixture could go in there. The following midweek is the semi-final first legs of the Carabao Cup, if both teams are, are out. Then you've got two potential midweeks, where you can put the game now. And I think most Shrewdies, most of those engaged at the moment, think game week 20 is the most likely. And the priority, of course, to get it done will be greater if Manchester City are still in the Carabao Cup and presumably still in European competition as well. It would be even worse if, say, City dropped into Europa League, for example, because those additional midweeks you've got where the last 16 split in the Champions League isn't in the Europa League if you have to drop into it. Obviously, if you win the group, you do skip around. So I think game week 20 is is the most likely. There's also space around game week 21 as well. So what's happening with game week 21 this year, which we had in the past, is they're going to move five of the fixtures to the following weekend. 
So they've got two weekends for one game week. That's game week 21. They've, They'll leave. Have they successfully done it? They did it. They, they, didn't they try and do it the year of COVID and then it all just went to pot anyway? They did it, yeah. I think it might have even ended up did being four one weekend and six another weekend, maybe. Right. So it could it could even be that it works out that way, for example. But there's every chance that a lot of teams won't get a break properly. They'll get one weekend off. That's a guarantee. But um, sitting in between those two weekends is the only designated period for FA Cup third round replays. Right. So if anyone draws in the FA Cup third round, they're going to play in that midweek before the two weekends. So this idea that teams are guaranteed like a kind of 10-day period of grace or something, <laughs> some of them aren't, by the way. Um, and you couldn't schedule in that week now, say City and Brentford, just in case obviously one of them does have a, a cup replay. We obviously had that scenario with United and Leeds where it was like hypothetical if neither yeah, of them yeah. have a replay, then it goes in. That would probably be something for more the FA Cup fourth round replay weekend if they got a little bit nervous of that sort of thing happening. Um, and this period, as I said, in there, so you've got either weekends, they could just make City play on both weekends if they're really, really concerned. You've also got Carabao Cup semi-final second legs that midweek afterwards as well. So I think 2021 with 20 being more likely is the most likely period for City Brentford, they're not likely to hold that back later in the season because of City's cup commitments. If they if they leave it later and later and later, and say City get to the Carabao Cup final as well, then then they are giving themselves a problem. City are likely, as it stands, to have the same problem Liverpool had a few years ago, where they had to field the kids in the in the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup. That's a higher probability at the moment. There's nowhere really for for City to move that Carabao Cup quarterfinal, right? They can't really move it back to the semi-final first leg and then move that backwards because of City's involvement in Europe. There's nowhere really for it to go. So there's every chance City will be putting kids out and they'll probably embarrass someone and beat them in that quarter-final. Um, but that's something to be aware of. Also in January, we've got uh, a little bit unrelated and not too much of a problem at the moment, but we've also got the Asia Cup tournament and the African Cup of Nations as well. Um, I've had a look at the qualifiers, which isn't fully confirmed yet, but I would say every major nation that you would expect to be in the African Cup of Nations has or will qualify. So if you've got a, a Premier League player who's who's African and plays for a major African nation, they're likely to miss that period. Obviously, Tottenham likely to lose the likes of, say, Ibasuma to Mali and mm. Huming Sun to South Korea for the Asian Cup as well. The start of the tournament starts on that split weekend of game week 21. The finals of both of those tournaments is the weekend of game week 24. The weekend before is FA Cup third round. So I guess play clubs will probably release their players from the FA Cup third round weekend. So if if their team gets all the way to the final, you've got a four game week period that players could miss. Now, again, from an FPL perspective right now, you don't need to worry about that because you're going to use your first wild card before then but it's something you you will want to be conscious of as you sort of get into november december is have a second check you know if you, you're sitting there with six african players and human sun and you've already used your first wild card then suddenly you need to become very conscious of what's going to happen over that period triple captain seasage i think it could end up being extremely straightforward this season and okay. it's because of what i've what i've already said about city and brentford so you're probably thinking, well, if City Brentford goes into game week 20, I want to use that for triple captaincy. Do you know what Manchester City's other fixture is that week? No, is a Brentford one away or home? 
It's at home. Uh, no, I don't. Their other fixture is Sheffield United at home. Uh, straightforward. Two home games. Um, yeah, Edison all the way. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, that that would be the week he pulls out the penalty save and two clean sheets, wouldn't it? Oh. So, look, if that's the first double of the season and we get there and Manchester City, you've got Sheffield United at home and Brentford at home with the knowledge that after that is FA Cup third round weekend. And that's probably where your big Norwegian robot will get his rest. Mm. Then you, I mean, you can imagine the EO, right? Yep. Will be it. it to be honest, you'd just be defending if you did it. You, you're not going to get a huge amount out of it. You'd just be defending against the absolute mauling if you didn't triple captain him and he went off. Would be yeah, yeah, yeah. almost season defining. Say you got four or five in that week and you went, no, I'm going to go against him. I'm going to leave it. You. You're going to be in trouble. So, unfortunately, that's probably where triple captaincy will go. However, as I did last year, I've had a look at teams and other games that could be postponed. We can obviously lose games, as I said, game at 26 for the Carabao Cup final, 29 for the FA Cup quarterfinal, 34 for FA Cup semi-final, And looked at sort of best combinations that other teams could have if in case you think, I want to hold that back. So another alternative for City would be, perhaps it goes a week later and goes in game with 21, I suggested. City also have um, a home fixture in that week, which is Crystal Palace at home. So even if it was at Palace at home, Brentford at home, probably not that in it, are you? Yeah, Yeah, you probably just go for it, for example. Um, game week 24 I highlighted as well for City because um, that could be a week where they have uh, a free midweek because um, the, the split of the Champions League. So I looked at the fixtures of 24, 25, 27 and 28 for Manchester City and Manchester United primarily. The reason I didn't look at Arsenal and Newcastle is because Arsenal and Newcastle play each other in the Carabao Cup final weekend. So it probably wouldn't be a great looking double that fixture is scheduled to be at the Emirates but it would be a tougher double than any City one in comparison for example so game week 24 if that was available for City they've got Everton at home and it could be Brent the Brentford at home fixture or they're scheduled to play Bournemouth away in the Carabao Cup final now I think a Carabao Cup final fixture movement is probably more likely to be in the 27 or 28 available weeks but let's just say that City did get to that final and City haven't arranged a Brentford game it could be that you're looking at one of those two fixtures maybe going into game week 24 if City didn't have a Champions League game that week just to cover off sort of best alternatives of some of the others that may interest us uh Arsenal game week 34 Wolves away and Chelsea at home not great Liverpool game week 34 Fulham away and Luton at home as a possibility if Liverpool got bad. to the Carabao Cup final. It's not bad. But the other thing, of course, is if you let that Haaland one go, if there is one, then you can't even be sure that that's where it will go. The Luton game could go in 37, for example. Manchester United, I noted game week 28, if they didn't have a Champions League fixture, possibly Everton at home and Fulham at home or Sheffield United at home. But because that's a Champions League midweek I wouldn't hold your hat on that right but that's the best possible circumstance for Manchester United Chelsea probably looking at game week 37 Nottingham Forest away and Tottenham at home if either of those two teams made a Carabao Cup finals are possible for Tottenham Mm -hmm. also game week 37 
Burnley at home, Fulham away. It's not bad if Tottenham had something to play for and Kane's still there or or Suns firing. That's the very best scenario. It's worth saying Tottenham have Manchester City at home in game week 34. So if Tottenham had a double in that week, it's City at home plus one other. When have uh, you got Burnley away? Burnley no. away is game week four, yes. And I have booked my trains, if you were wondering, Suj. That's August, late August, early September, right? First weekend, September, yeah. Yeah, you won't get snow this time. Just checking. I didn't know if they'd given you Burnley away in Mate, December, it, would, it would be my luck. I went up I went up there and we get a mad heat wave. And it's like 40, <laughs> it's 45 degrees and it get called off because of heat. <laughs> <laughs> There's no chance of 45 degrees. I know we've got a global warming problem. There's no chance of 45 degrees ever in Burnley, I can assure you. Um, Aston Villa, interestingly, game week 34, maybe Bournemouth at home and Nottingham Forest at home. Okay, Again, that would need Villa basically to get to the Carabao Cup final to, to get and be out of um, FA Cup semi finals as well. Oh, okay. Europe wouldn't well, affect that. Uh, no, 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 that's free midweek. But obviously, again, you could say so Villa play Forest at Carabao Cup final weekend. So it could go into that midweek of 34. But if Villa is in an FA Cup semi final, then the Bournemouth fixture's going to move as well, right? Uh, best scenario for, for West Ham, Suj, game week 37. Luton at home and Brentford at home. Yep. You'd also need a Carabao Cup final for that to happen. And I did mention Everton a little earlier, about 37. Well, in theory, they could play Sheffield United at home and not in a Forest at home in game week 37. And we'll all be triple captain, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, that does require Everton or not in a Forest to make an FA Cup semi-final for that eventuality to happen. But what's interesting is when you list all those, you go, oh, James, you're wasting my time here. Yeah, that's the point. Really, well, yeah, if, I think if, historically, if that, if that triple captaincy comes around for Holland, screw it. Yeah, it. I think historically, I've looked previously. You look at who's got which team's got a good double, and then pick the player. Right now, it's like when when's Holland got a double? Simple as that. And it's you pick the player, and then just find when he's got two. But games. then most of us went with Rashford last year, right? <clears throat> I say most of yeah, us. A true. lot of us went with Rashford last year, so true. it just fell nicely at the right time, didn't it? Yeah, and I've, and I think that's a good school of four anyways like when you've got a first decent double comes up like it did for Marcus Rashford last year you look at it and go take what it. am I waiting for almost and yet he's take it and the chances are that first double is going to be for Haaland the only thing I can see putting if it, if it land in 20 the only thing I can see people put it, being put off if he's fit is oh will he play twice it's even need to with those fixtures you'd be guaranteed at least one good home fixture wouldn't you and I, I don't realise Brentford beat City twice last year, but you'd be guaranteed at least one good home fixture, I think, across the two, and then hoping he does you something extra in the second one as well. And people do often ask the question, oh, is there any good single game weeks? Would you want to pick one for, is my opinion, when you can have that in 20? I yeah. know that he, he's going to get, as long as he's fit, he's going to get you at least one. It's not like he's going to get benched twice, is he? In terms of if you were looking for a Holland single game week fixture, to captain him earlier in the season. I think choices might be Fulham at home in game week four or not in a forest at home in game week six. Fulham four, because they'll have a blank midweek the week before, so you're nearly certain. You you can be 99% certain that he'll play if he's fit. The not in a forest one carries a little bit more risk because it's after the first midweek of Champions League fixtures, but it is Carabao Cup third round the midweek after. 
So that would probably, if, if you said to me now, right, you've got a triple captain Holland in a single game week at, in the first part of the season, I would probably pick game week six at home to Nottingham Forest would probably be the one. Worth saying as well, just generally that week, captaincy alternatives aren't brilliant. So everyone will be on Holland that week anyway. Say game week one, you know there's going to be people who want to go Saka, want to go Rashford. Game week two is going to be people who want to go Salah. That particular game week, game week six, is not great for any of the alternatives. Um, Manchester United go to Burnley, Liverpool got West Ham at home, Arsenal play Tottenham, Chelsea got Villa at home. Not great. So nearly everybody will be on Holland that particular week as well, game week six. Yep, understood. That's triple captaincy covered. Now, one of the things to remember in terms of uh, game week 34 and 37, this is a very, very easy principle to abide by. Most of the teams who double in 34 won't double in 37 and vice versa. So quite simply, if we've got a team who has an extra mid, let's, let's take the example of City, easiest one to use, right? If City don't double in 34, because they've got a midweek fixture and have an FA Cup semi-final, they will double in 37. The chances of teams having doubles in 34 and 37 is reliant specifically, basically, on teams getting to a Carabao Cup final and going out in an FA Cup quarter-final. That's the only real logical way where good teams who progress in the cup competitions will double in 34 and 37. So on my projections, I've got a couple of teams who are lower down the table, maybe Fulham might be example, where because of the opposition they're playing, I'm going, yeah, there's a good chance you might double in 34 and 37, but they're not inspirational doubles to make you think, I'm definitely going to want Fulham players, for example. And so there should be a consciousness about that in terms of the free hit. So game week 29, as we said, will be the big blank for the FA Cup quarterfinals, which last year wasn't a big blank. Really, I think we had. Did we end up with seven fixtures in the end? So six yeah. or seven, wasn't it? Yeah, it's why I ended up not not needing to wildcard and, and not even. Um, I ended up using my free hit then, if I remember. But um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't crazy. Um, but projections of of that would probably be we'll have four fixtures and probably around about twelve teams doubling. He's normally sort of the average. Normally gets all eight eight or ten teams playing. He's normally the average for an FA Cup quarterfinal weekend. Now, of course, you can use the free hit there to cover up for a blank, but consciousness again at 34 and 37, the players you may want for doubles in those two weeks may be very, very different. So you may decide you want to attack one specifically aggressively. And the reason I highlight is because last year that wasn't the case, right? We had it run through where it was like, oh my God, Brighton have all these doubles. United have all these doubles. Manchester City have all these doubles, for example. That probably won't be the case with the way it works in 34-37. The players you want in one double are likely to be very different to the other. So there will be bigger opportunity, I think, to use the free hit aggressively this year. So one example circumstance might be that you'd go, right, I'm going to go through to blank game week 29, move my team towards that, perhaps wildcard in game week 30 to get back the players you want, and maybe it would be set up for that bench boost later in the season and use the free hit aggressively in game week 34. Might be the sort of example of what you want to do. There, there will be more of an opportunity to use that free hit aggressively this year, whereas I think last year the strategy really lent into using it defensively. Any thoughts on aggressive versus defensive on free hit, Serge? I always like to use it aggressively. In any situation, I want to use a chip aggressively. Um, but it's the one that 
you know, needs must. I'll react when I know how the uh, how the chips uh, have fallen and stuff. Yeah. I think it's one of those where I'm not averse to using it defensively, but my preference would be to use it aggressively. I think for myself, quite often, um, I I tend to use it in that FA Cup quarterfinal weekend defensively. Makes the most sense for other weeks. You have to factor in the other weeks as well. So people will quite often have the argument say, right, you shouldn't use it defensively. You should use it aggressively. Yeah, but what's my impact for my other weeks? So if I'm using it as defensively in game week 29 for the blank, fine. But I'm not... I'm not moving my team towards potentially shit players in game with 29, right? I'm just mm. going, right, I'll deal with 29 there and I keep the players I want on either side. Since three hits work around more than just one week. Yeah, if you remember last year, like um, the, the the thing was some people ended up with only seven or eight players or maybe nine players versus getting 11. But of those seven or eight, you had the big hitters. Like if you had the, the three or four big hitters that could really hurt you, like Rashford, Salah, Kane, and then say City Blank, for example, and the rest of the players were just bit part making up your team. It was like, if you can cover off without using your free hit, the three, four, five ones that can really hurt you, then sometimes the downside isn't that big because the rest of the other five or six that are making up the team uh, uh, don't have crazy high ownership and won't affect your rank. Um, so again, it's not down to the number of players when it comes down to the blanks, it's who. Just to correct an error I said, by the way, about Man City game, which one in one, which I just pointed. I said the Crystal Palace at home, they don't actually have Newcastle away. Ah. So that might be one. If it was 21, you might go, oh, Newcastle away, Brentford at home. I would maybe Not want to jump it. Sorry, just yeah, noticed that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but other good City doubles may well come round, obviously. So, yeah, I think there's more interpretation in terms of how you use that free hit this year. And I think that you might see more people wanting to try a variety with the bench boost because game week 37 in theory, will probably be best for it. And people just don't want to use it right at the end of the season. How far are you with a draft, Serge? I mean, you ain't done shit of you, I bet. No, I did a draft while I was away. Yeah? Um, yeah. I. So, we'll probably do uh, content around decision-making and picking a team and, and drafts a little bit closer because the way that, that, that a lot of content out there right now is like... a especially on Twitter where it's much more bite-sized is about specific players and no decision that you make in FPL is uh, yes or no. It's A versus B or A and B versus C and B. Combinations. Yeah, exactly that. So when, when someone's trying to make a case for a player, you don't have to read it and say yes or no. It's like, okay, it's him versus someone else. Or, okay. I was just going to say Holland is yes or no. Man. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> definitely. Uh, Holland is, do you want to give yourself a challenge or, or, or not? Um, and I keep looking at my team and, and my current draft is a four, five, one, which is uncommon, I would say. Um, but I, I, I've looked at it and I haven't, I haven't been inspired to make any changes. And I wouldn't say I've consumed a lot of content, but all the content I've consumed in the last week, None of it has inspired me to make any changes. And I'll okay. give you a few examples of things. I was going to say, like, what well, other than me saying, don't sit up in a 451. <laughs> well, Nkunku, for example, is getting a little bit of uh, uh, traction in the community. But then I look at it as Chilwell versus Nkunku. i still rather go Chilwell, you know. Then I look at um, Luke Shaw and uh, Anana's come in, and I'm like, I'd rather go Anana versus Luke Shaw and keep Gabriel, you know. And then I've got Martinelli versus Jesus. 
And I'm like, well, I think most people are going, Jesus, I'd rather go Martinelli, you know, and, and Bomo and Mitoma offer such good value. In the last week since I've done a draft, I haven't been talked out of any of the players that are in the draft. That's how I would say. And the only player, I mean, Kane aside, but the only player that I'm looking at that I would like to get to, but probably can't, would be Mo Salah, really, just because of historic consistency. Uh, and you can't have them all. So, yeah, I, I'm fairly, fairly comfortable with where my draft is. Uh, and I do think it would take injuries and transfers to to move a lot around. Okay, interesting. That's a debate for probably two weeks' time in terms exactly of that, specific right? players, etc. Um, I don't like that, by the way, the four five one because I just think you, you're knocking yourself into when the template moves, you'll have to move formation as well because when the template moves, formation will move as well. If a, if a good four point five develops or a good five point zero forward, then I'm more keen on that. But I, I don't really see that at the moment. But exactly what we discussed, I think, with Tom Campbell last week was. When you make these comparisons between exactly what you just said, defender, you know, if you're going to better example, you go Chilwell on a 5.5 midfielder, you probably pick Chilwell, right? And if you decide John Stones yeah. and said, you're probably going to come to similar conclusions. The defensive player will nearly always win out. And quite often that's midfielders over forwards at similar price brackets as well. So, correct. you know, if you did Mbumo and Mitoma versus Awanee as an example at the moment, like you, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna end yeah. up with a midfield player, aren't you? And that's why I've ended up with the budgets up top. Now my two budget strikers is Vinicius and um Cameron Archer, but so much can happen. So Antonio goes to Saudi Arabia and Skamaka goes back to Italy, and Bama at West Ham suddenly four point five becomes take first sub behind Danny Ings. Yeah, exactly that. And <laughs> Mitrovic gets his move to Saudi. Um, and Vinicius at five million, they'll buy someone sure, but Vinicius at five million, I think, is is fine. So there are so many knock-ons for the budget players that transfers could have an impact on. Um, but I'm fairly comfortable with my structure as it stands right now. You know what I've just realised? You saying you listened to a lot of Planet FPL content last week. I think you, I think you're lying. I don't think you listened to any. Nah, why? Because <laughs> everything you just said, I poo pooed all of them. <laughs> well, the thing is, I disagree though. I so like it's, that. It's fine. It's 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 all good. But uh, the way I look at it, I'm like, but have you talked me out of it? And actually, the conversation you had with Tom around the 5.5 defender, because I look at it as Nkunku and Chilwell. The big caveat with Chilwell is the bastard stays fit all season. But if they both stayed fit, 38 games, I think Chilwell outscores Nkunku over the season. I think Chelsea would need to dramatically improve for that to happen. Yeah, but that, that's and my, also that that's that's the, my the, um my gamble, right? That's what I think will happen. And Chelsea will improve massively next season. They've got a much better manager in Poch now. Um, I think they'll do really well. So I'm taking that gamble. Hashtag play it your way in terms of the disagreement. Yeah, I look, the at, way, of I look at Gabriel right at Arsenal at five million. I'm like, okay, that team with Declan Rice. Will Arsenal keep more clean sheets or less clean sheets? It's got to be more clean sheets, surely. Like they've got just such a a good holding midfielder in there that could take party's place. I see Arsenal keeping more clean sheets than they did last season. And Gabriel's got goal for it. So I'd rather take him at 5 million than Ramsdale. There's no way I'm starting the season without an Arsenal defender. Do you want a mad Gabriel stat? Go for it. Only returned in two home games last season. Crazy. So that's clean sheet or attacking return in two yeah. home games. Um, 
Anyway, the reason I asked wasn't to like give me structure and all that was about your draft. He's have you given thought to a first wild card in that structure? Because you mentioned well, you mentioned Chilwell versus Nkunku. You think Chilwell could outscore him over the season. That's irrelevant, isn't it? You're not making the decision for 30. No, okay. no, no, no. Exactly that. And we do have uh, some questions like FPL on side. Wildcard game week five, game week eight, game week nine. Um, what I am trying to do by giving myself a little bit of depth is to roll transfers as much as possible. So like, I don't want to be making a transfer into game week two. I want to roll and have two into game week three. And I want to put myself in, in a position to, oh, I don't think using the phrase mini wildcard is a good thing, but like take a hit and make three changes and I can restructure my team all of a sudden. And if I can do that two or three times, then I don't need to go early on the wildcard. So I'm trying to, the, the thing I'm giving thought to is not when to use my wildcard, but how can I give myself depth that means I can roll transfers to delay the use of the first world card? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I think in years gone by, we've had certain weeks where we've done this podcast and we've gone game week eight is that we, we had it one year. We went game week eight is the Chelsea wild card. Game week 15 is like the Manchester United wild card where you could see absolutely wild switches where one or more than one team went into suddenly. I don't want any to I need three players very quickly Mm -hmm. the way the fixtures mapped out this year i don't see that i don't see any week where i can go that's the that wild card that's the the chelsea wild card i mean chelsea coming to a great run arguably from game week two or game week three but if you want some of it just start with some of it as kind of what we've been discussing right a workout plan and i think interestingly the way certain teams come into good fixtures Rolling transfers might become more of a thing and doing exactly what you just said, minus fours or minus eights, to then jump. Because the reality is right now, every single one of us can put together a good team. So here's an example. So my current thinking at the moment is I would like three Manchester City and three Arsenal because they've got great fixtures up till they play each other in game week eight. So if I go, for example, right, game week three, I want a wild card to get three Chelsea players in. I might still have the same six Man City and Arsenal players. Now, I'll probably make some of them decisions wrong and I might want to switch a couple of them about. But my team will probably look quite similar, I should imagine, on my strategy. Now, if you're going down a route where you're going with, say, more talisman or more coverage of many different teams, then maybe that opens it up to go, right, I need to cluster in and, and attack, say, Chelsea's fixtures from three or Manchester United and Newcastle's from game week five. But I think it's more that. So... Game week three, there's a few teams who have a, a, a couple of nice runs come up. So Chelsea, we've mentioned, obviously, has got a long sustained run from the Luton home game, game week three. I think game week two away to West Ham is challenging. It's not one that made me think, I need to get Chelsea now. I can wait till three. Tottenham have a good three game run now. And then they have a really kind of difficult sort of Arsenal and Liverpool in six and seven. But it's a good three game run now for Tottenham if you don't start with any. And City, for whatever reason, you don't like the first two or you want to switch about the players, you go, oh, shit, it's Grealish rather than Foden, for example. Then you could do that. But Arsenal still have a good run of fixtures. Right? Well, I don't, I can't see me moving too far from my fixtures. Brighton that day still have West Ham at home. They've got a home fixture in game week four as well. Most of us will start with something Brighton. So like, if you're wildcard and you think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wildcard that early, are you going to look drastically different to your team now if you get there and you're like i've made all the narrow decisions wrong so like 
Grealish over Foden, or it should be Martinelli over Saka, or it should be March over Matoma. All these little decisions, you need to flip them all. Then, then maybe that's something to consider. But I can't yeah, see. I mean, I, I can't see the, the, where I would use it early on. No, exactly. Um, Andy, let's talk FPL. Um, put a draft out. I think yesterday or the day before. I don't know. Just pops up sometimes, and I watched it. And uh, my draft that I tweeted was what, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday last week. And nine of the nine of the 11 were the same. The only thing was he went Jesus over Martinelli and Nkunku over Chilwell. And the other nine in our teams were exactly the same. And, and that's we'll probably exactly find it. mine and yours will be very similar as and well. That's, if we that's, spoke that's about a cool. It. Right? And I'm like, okay, do I want to go Jesus or Martinelli? Do I want a striker over the, the midfielder and I might say you know what I might do that for team structure and if I want to then move Jesus to Nkunku or whatever forward I can do that and Nkunku might back I might do that but literally there was two two decisions and the rest were exactly the same so yeah I'm I'm feeling like I think a lot of people will have seven six seven eight nine the same the wild cards early I think because say City Arsenal have good groups of fixtures and even then when Brighton come into a tougher run say Newcastle at similar equivalent prices I think come into a good run you can flip them for example wild carding early comes about quite often I think because people shit themselves about losing value Mm -hmm. I've got four or five players are about to drop in price I'm going to lose value and listen value protection might be this year a very good reason to wild card because I don't see at, at points I go, oh, that's definitely the period where I want to wild card. So to add on to the game week three bit, I just said, say, Newcastle and Manchester United flip to good fixtures in game week five when perhaps Brighton gets a little bit tougher. My kind of idea at the moment would be let's roll to game week three because there's going to be stuff I get wrong. And if I want to make two, three, even four changes there, we'll make it. Let's roll game week four. Manchester United and Newcastle come into good fixtures game week five. And in game week eight, when Arsenal City play each other, Arsenal City have tougher runs after that as well. So it might be that I want to flip a few of them then. Now, game week eight, I might go, yeah, wild card. But the teams that come into good fixtures in game week eight, it's quite short term. So Tottenham have a, a two or three good fixtures again, for example. Aston Villa suddenly come into a sustained longer period. But let's be honest, if we're flipping Manchester City and Aston Villa players here, it's probably a little bit of disparity in price as well, right? Bournemouth come into good fixtures in game week eight. They've got a really rough first seven, for example. But it's not enough to make me think, oh, I'm definitely going to wild card there. It'd probably be if there's enough players I want to change from the core from sort of Arsenal City, etc., and I want to flip it, then I'll change it. City have a, a really rough run from game week eight to game week 15, where over that period, we joked about Haaland a lot, you can take him on over that period, where there's alternatives enough, where there might be, three or four weeks where you think I can really take him on with a captaincy. And that will start with game week eight. So I can't see me wildcarding before game week eight at the moment, but I'm probably more of the opinion at the moment that I'd like to get there with a couple of transfers. And again, minus four or, or minus eight and just, just jump it for the moment between the good players. Game week 16, I think so is arguably more interesting. One, because it's kind of near the halfway point and it covers over the Christmas period where perhaps you want a little bit more stability in terms of non-rotational players. Um, and there's a few teams, definitely, there's more of a split where some teams come into better fixtures and some more difficult. So over that period, I could say Tottenham, Man City, uh, Newcastle and Chelsea all come into good little winter periods 
whereas Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester United becomes a little bit more difficult. See, if I'm on the wrong end of that, I might think, oh, I want to flip that and go from their good fixtures into those other teams' good fixtures. That's probably more one. But then even in the middle of that, you've got the City blank in 18. So it's going to need some thought process around what you're doing. Now, City's fixtures, by the way, either side of that blank, a Luton at home, a Luton away, Crystal Palace at home blank, Everton away, Sheffield United at home. So you're going to want them. I mean, there will certainly be people who want free Man City around that period who will free hit in game week 18 just to remove the problem of removing Man City players and going going back to them. I don't recommend free hitting because of one team, by the way. For example, that game week in game week 18, Tottenham have Everton at home. So because of Haaland's ownership, how high can his price go this season? Haaland to Kane and back again, I think, for example. Yeah. If Kane's still at Tottenham, obviously. Which I know everybody's dying to ask me every hour of the day at the moment. I don't know, by the way. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's a so it's a get to be honest, wildcard one comes comes back to play it your way, right? Exactly that. And I think it's it's prepared to be flexible. And that and goes for many of these chips this year. We've got a few questions in on Twitter that 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 focus around a couple of couple of areas, James. Um, so let's cover off some of them as well. Um, you mentioned you don't like four five one as a formation. Uh, a few people asking, what's the most flexible formation to avoid needing to wildcard early? Surely four four two. Probably, yeah. Um, Just one budget player in each position rather than two. Yeah, three five re- two. You four, probably four, really two. want the, the the five in midfield this year. Is put it this way: the answer is not four five one. It doesn't mean you can't start with four five one. You just got to realize the limitations of that. I mean, listen. If Cameron Archer looks like he's going to get regular minutes for Villa and say Balogun ends up at like a Fulham, for example, um, then we might all be going down that road. But at the moment, I think it is potentially, it wants looking at, it's restrictive. It's restrictive. What you're doing is, what you got to think as well is, Sujan, I know what you're saying about the comparisons, but just ask yourself, say with Nkunku, what if he does become really good? And you're shit, I wanted Nkunku rather than Chilwell. And he's sitting there with two 4.5s. Right, it's going to cost you three million to get Nkunku, and you can't downgrade Chilwell by three million, so it's something else. So, yeah. I think the principal idea of having a forward in that kind of seven, if Jackson develops, but seven point five to eight million range, is I think a quite a sensible play. A lot of people starting with Jesus, primarily because they've forgotten that Jesus can't normally hit a cow's ass with a banjo, and they know that come game week three they can drop it to Nkunku or a better alternative if it develops. It's structure. It's almost a structure choice as much as... Because I agree with you, like Martinelli over Jesus. Yeah, definitely for me, even with Martin, Martinelli as more of a rotational risk. But Jesus enables a couple of good fixtures at the start. And as soon as you know what it is lower, you drop to it. That's that's what a lot of people are thinking about. And that's, that's a sensible strategy. Whereas Agreed. if you go that 4-5-1 route, you blocked yourself out of every forward. In one Some, move. Something will develop. We might get to game week four and you might want three up front. And that's the sort of thing will force you potentially into an early wild card. Uh, yeah, potentially. But then that's what the wild card is for. Yeah, I get that. Day, isn't it? Um, bench boost in game week three. Is that an option, says FPL Calypso? Um, if you want to do that, I think you need enough good teams with enablers that have got good fixtures. And I've I failed to see that to be tired. It's like Everton and Wolves are playing each other. 
And I'd say probably every green fixture otherwise probably involves teams who would l- at least deem themselves as challenging for the top. Like Brentford and Crystal Palace play each other. It's all the top teams have got the good fixtures. So unless you're looking at spreading it across all the top clubs in terms of your money, then it'd probably be a no. I'd say what's happened to a lot of people, Serge, where I think they're doing drafts. And I don't know if you found this when you were trying to put science together and you went, I've got 1.5 in the bank here and I don't know what to do with it. Did you find that? No, I didn't, to be honest with you. No, you just went, I'll spend it. Yeah, sure. Mm. But I think a lot of people have gone down certain structures where, say they've gone no Salah, just gone Haaland as a premium, and they're like, I want to get Trent in, but it doesn't really work. And they're sitting there with a 5 million defender. I've got Trent. And they're going, as do I at the moment. Mm. Um, And and they're going, I don't know how to spend the money. And and that's how you end up with it as well, because you go, oh, I can rejig this and have Trent. But from the 5 million, you look at, say, Trippier with them early fiction, you think, "Mm, not sure I want that. And that's what it is. You, you then start asking yourself the question again, rather than a 4.5 forward, can I go with a Jao Pedro or squeeze in an Evan Ferguson? And can I balance this to look at bench boosting in, in game week three as an example? All I'd say is, I think if you're going to go down that route, I'll do it in game week one. And the reason to do it in game week one is the balance then is a little bit better in the sense that Liverpool's fixtures tougher. So you've got, obviously, Trent and Salah go to Chelsea, which has an unpredictable. And I think you just ignore Chelsea and Liverpool game week one. And then there are, other, there are teams further down from an enabling perspective you can look at more. So Everton at home to Fulham is a different example. Sheffield United and Palace play each other where you could go, oh, I'll have Bulldog from Sheffield United. And maybe if uh, an Anderson or a Gaye leaves Crystal Palace and they're playing Chris Richards as also a 4.0. You go, that's my two enablers on the bench. And you still spend quite a lot of your money. Or, of course, you can spread it more where you go, right, I want to go three Brighton offensive players. I'll go Ferguson, Mitoma, March, for example. And genuinely, I'd consider wildcarding straight out of that. Literally do it for one week. Yeah, we've, dis- we've discussed this before wrong. and I've, I've always been dead against it. But because of what I've said about the end of the season... I'm not going to do this, by the way. I can understand it more this season than probably any other year that we've covered this because as well, it's the flip. So if you, if you, let's just say you go game week one, no Chelsea, no Liverpool, bench boost with 15. And the danger, of course, is getting 15 starters at the start because something will probably be wrong. That's the number one reason why I dislike it. Then you wildcard into two, go treble Chelsea and, and treble Liverpool even. Liverpool for at home to Bournemouth. Chelsea obviously come into West Ham's tougher, but then the good run. So you've you've flipped. And the other thing to consider is we're looking across that period, one to eighteen, or whenever you can use that first wild card and going, not sure. So it is a, it is a strategy. I, I'm not a fan of it, but I think some will do it. And I think if there was every year to say I'm going to bench boost in one and wild card in two, this would maybe be it. And you've Ooh. got the, you've got more information. So you know them little ones We are like, I don't know who's going to start in goal. You can avoid them ones. Say like Flecken versus Raya at the moment, we wouldn't know. But say if Flecken then starts game week one against Tottenham, you can go, right, I know it's going to be Flecken now. He'll be part of my wild card in game week two. And you just avoid those ones in game week one. So in game week one, you'd, you'd probably make a decision that was more straightforward where you'd go, I'm going to start with Anana, home to Wolves. Fine. Oh, okay, I don't want Manchester United away to Tottenham in two, and they've got Arsenal in four. Maybe I'll skip Manchester United on wild card, come back for them and Newcastle in game week five, for example. 
it's a different way of skinning it. And as I said, if there was a year, this would be it, I think. Cool. Um, we've got one more question, but it's going to be the question that we wrap the show with, James. What do people have to look forward to the rest of the week? Um, people's poll tomorrow. Me and Clayton are going to be having a look at players we think will have an improved second season. So those who perhaps came into the league, had a difficult first season, who can we expect more? We always refer to it with City players, right? Your Grealishes, your, your Cancelos example. Other examples are other clubs where we can expect big improvement this year. Wednesday Sky Fantasy Football Podcast. And I think the big conversation at the moment, everybody I see talking about in Sky is find the best enablers. And we'll have a proper look at that on Wednesday. Thursday is Transfer Winner Show. Clayton will join me for that. Friday's a gaffer preview. Hopefully with all three of the boys joining me from the EFL Fantasy Podcast. And obviously we've got a full week of content on Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash planetfpo if you want to support the show. Indeed, where you'll get access to our prize league, Slack channel, James's fixture planner, additional podcasts every day if you're an Sub- advanced subject to the video team, content join every day. Exactly that. There's so many uh, different benefits. Um, now's a great time to come and support the show before the season starts. That's patreon.com forward slash planetfpl. Other than that, thank you for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed having me back, and uh, we'll be back at you tomorrow. Stay what's safe. The last, what's the last question now? Uh, yes. Well you reminded, we've got James. One more question. Well reminded, FPL Robo. <laughs> what's your strategy for eating McDonald's chips individually, two at a time, three or more? I'm definitely Multiples. three or more. Yeah. I got. I've got big hands, mate. So I need, you can't pick one up at a time. I've got little hands, but don't stop me, mate. But the difficulty is always. That, that they're all different lengths, right? So if you've got the little sauce pot and you pick up three chips and one's really long and the other two are short, you can't get sauce on one and not on the other two. So you've got to take them out, bite them so that they're all the same length. Then you can the sauce. This is groundbreaking information, Suj. And if that you takes... pick out four chips that are all different lengths and you try and dip them in the sauce pot, that, that some will get sauce and some won't. Wait up too much time. Bite so they're all the same length. Then you go for the sauce and then you take your second bite. Well, so I hope that's, but the actual answer is don't eat McDonald's chips, mate. Can somebody tell me if they eat their chips oh, and mate. McDonald's to make sure they're the same length? That's absurd, mate. What's the only way you get sauce on them all, mate? Nah, mate. Um, nah, especially if the one that's, especially if the one that's the longest is a little bit floppy. Like that's a fucking, where one if you've got, if you've got a floppy, you can fold that in half, can't you? You can try. Uh, at that point, I've already eaten it. So there we go. Uh, Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Stay safe. Have a great day. Ciao for now. Thanks, everyone, as ever. Play it your way. Be nice to each other. Cue music, please, man child. The Fantasy Football Show. Podcast Network.